The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Stocks wrestling with some growth worries today, more regional bank stress, uh, some very weak data out of China, softer PPI may be good for margins, but jobless claims, 264,000 is the highest in 19 months. Our roadmap begins with the return of that regional bank volatility. PacWest says deposits fell 9.5% last week, but Jamie Dimon says the regionals remain strong. Plus, Disney shares are under pressure this morning. Streaming losses improve. Subscribers, though, decline. And CEO Bob Iger, he ups the ante with Florida, asking, quote, do they want us to invest more or not? And the macro outlook, inflation pressures easing. Jobless claims hit the highest since last October. And Treasury Secretary Yellen says it should be unthinkable for the U.S. to default on its debt. Let's start with regional banks today. Under pressure, as we said, led by PacWest, down double digits. In this regulatory filing, the company says it lost 9.5% of deposits in the week ending May 5, citing customer fears sparked by reports that PacWest was exploring those strategic options. The bank adds it funded the decline in deposits with available on-balance sheet liquidity. Meantime, uh, got a, an update out of Western Alliance as well. Jim, you've been all over this this morning. Yeah, look, I, I think that we're in this position that there was a kind of a lag when they report. And it was clear that the news stories drove this. It, and so, I mean, I was going over this in my mind this morning. Do you want to make, a, make it worse? Do you want to make what happened on May 4th and May 5th after the news reports on May 3rd? Do you want to repeat those news reports? And David, as a, you're a responsible journalist, so you know that if you emphasize what happened May 3rd again on May 11th, you can do some tremendous damage uh, to uh, PacWest. And, and to me, I, I don't want to be part of the story. You want to be part of the story? No. Right. Not particularly. But you got to cover it. I know you have it's to cover news. it, but I, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm listening to Vlad Tenev offer $2 million in, in FDIC support and buying support for the company, for anybody who's got money with their company. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, when it, is PacWest just going to just take this? I mean, you Carl, it, they issue a release. They know the results of the release. Did they not, once again, like First Republic, when you issue these things, say, but we're backstopped by X? Yeah, we, well, they, they do, and they point out, as, again, as we've already said, that they have uh, on balance sheet liquidity on unused borrowing capacity was $15 billion. That exceeds uninsured deposits by $5.2 billion. Listen, it's a small bank at this point, market cap-wise, we know, but it is still something of a tell for the market. We are still working our way through these issues on the balance sheets of the regional banks. We've talked about it endlessly over this last six-week period. It hasn't fully gone away. It's not going to go away, and we're probably going to revisit it. The question then becomes, what happens here? Uh, Can they withstand the pressures? I don't know. One of the things that was quite disturbing last week was that First Horizon had a $13 billion bid in hand from Toronto Dominion. We didn't know what went wrong. It turned out that Toronto Dominion did not report yep. 
uh, the way that we would in our country, some suspicious transactions. Yep. Right. First That's Verizon. the reporting about why. Right. For, they were never told. No. Uh, first Verizon was never told why. It was always regulatory. It had nothing to do with the current tumult in the in the in the banking world. But my point is, is that First Horizon got 13 bid. They go walk away 13 billion. Then the stock goes down to $5 billion. First Horizon was not implicated at all. It happens to be a very responsible bank. Just took over Iberia, did a really terrific job on it. And yet the stock's still where it was when the deal broke down. Right. How the heck is that possible? Well, that's something that Diamond talked about uh, in Paris in an interview talking about uncertainty regarding mergers and regional bank strength at large. Here's what he said. Uh, we need to finish... Yep, we need to finish the bank crisis, but we have had un- uncertain policy on mergers. He mentions the First Horizon yeah. deal, uh, Jim. Uh, he says, though, our regionals um, uh, are going to be okay next quarter. They're earning money. They got very good clientele, very diversified, quite strong. Well, look, Jamie, Jamie Dime is in the position to be up, you know, and back up. The government could very quickly just say, you know what, this whole 10%, we can't have more than 10% of any one bank. We're, that's out the window because of what happened with J.P. Morgan. So anybody who wants to merge will let you merge. Uh, any one of those banks that are on the screen, they really, you know, PNC could do a merger in a second. But I, but I come back and I say that since there's no story which just says, and First Horizon has, uh, is not for sale, and as a matter of fact, they've got this much in, you're going to have to continue to prove that you're okay. David, yeah. you remember what J.P. Morgan said. If you have to continue to argue that your credit is good, your credit's no good. No, it's true. We've said that many times. When you have to actually answer the question, you've already answered the question. Answer the question. Um, and we're going to continue to have this conversation, I think. I mean, you know, the people I've been speaking to who are very close to this uh, for uh, many weeks now continue to believe that we're not done, Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because... There are assets on these banks' balance sheets that are simply um, uh, not worth anywhere near what they were when they were put on those balance sheets. And so you have uh, certain banks and parts of this that are undercapitalized. And the question becomes, how do you, how do you deal with that? It's, it's a similar question to also how do you deal with deposit insurance, but not quite the same. And we'll see. So we're going to have days like this. We'll see what happens with PacWest. But... At the same time, then we get these periods of quiescence, Carl, where everybody feels like, okay, we're back. Speaking of deposit insurance, we are expecting a statement out of FDIC, I think at the top of the hour. But this report that the FDIC board is going to meet to consider a proposal about special assessments uh, on banks to protect uh, from losses arising from this. Well, look, I think the the government still hasn't caught up. They still haven't caught up to what's happening. And I think a lot of us are beginning to question the FDIC as a, an, an organization is ready to handle what's going on. Catching up is the key. And by the way, we still, the, the $42 billion in four hours, I say it so many times, that went out from Silicon Valley Bank is still the seminal fact from this entire thing that has yet to fully be dealt with. Did you read that citizens? What it means. The, the merger, like what the bank looks like is a mess, I think, the merger. No, I didn't read it from yeah, Citizens it was just when they very, reported. Yeah. I mean, you read these things, and it's, you know, not that I'm asking that everything be like how clear it is with, with AI. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm like reading these things. I haven't mentioned AI yet just because, 
Well, it, we'll mention it's, it's it. But more confusing than what's happening I know. in the we, banking We got to get to it and talk about Google yesterday, but I know we also want to hit Disney, Carl. Yeah, that's one oh, of the big yeah. uh, pre-market laggards today, both on the Dow and the S&P. Streaming losses, as you may know by now, did narrow in the quarter, but Disney lost 4 million subs. That's the second consecutive quarterly decline. Earnings basically in line overall. A slight revenue meet, beat, nice uh, beat on free cash flow. And they got to the ad market uh, moderating somewhat. Uh, obviously talked a bit about Florida, too, and DeSantis. I didn't like this call at all, uh, in, in part because there was a, uh, not just the loss of the subs, but there was a, a push out because of a timing issue of when things were going to get better with direct-to-consumer. I, I, I wanted to see direct-to-consumer to come back. But we got set up here. There were a couple of analysts who upgraded ahead uh, based on absolutely nothing. And David, I know you could get lost in the weeds here with the political issues, but the fact is, is that they're talking about what they're going to do with Hulu. We have no idea whether how good Hulu will be, but we didn't get any sense at all that they're out of the woods. I don't know. No, I mean, on Hulu, it is important to point out now they are talking about integrating it into the Disney Plus app. Um, And Bob Iger has changed his tune a bit from our interview uh, the number of months ago at this point, uh, early in the year, uh, when he indicated they weren't interested in general entertainment networks and certainly seemed to indicate to the marketplace that they were potentially a seller of Hulu as, as well as a potential buyer of what they don't already own, which is owned by our parent company. Comcast has the right to put it to Disney uh, early in 2024. They're talking more about Hulu as being integrated now. That was interesting, right. or at least potentially interesting. I agree with that. That but, was the news that came out of the story. Yeah, that was sort of news. But, you know... Uh, I still look at the other side of these businesses, which is the continued decline of linear networks. Oh, We wow, didn't focus man. on it that much at Warner Brothers Discovery because we were all focused on the fact that their direct-to-consumer has gotten to break even. And, of course, the focus for so many investors, first for years it was sub-growth, 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 and that's what they were rewarded for. And now for the last, let's call it 18 months, it's been cut costs, get to profitability, and so that's where investors are focused. And so with direct-to-consumer at Warner Brothers Discovery, they were happy about that, despite what was a 10% decline, yeah. 10% decline in profits at the linear networks there. And here it's about 7%, right? 6%. Yeah. Um, and a 33%, I'm sorry, in revenues. And a 33% right. decline. Down 35. Yeah, yeah, because of, in part, yeah. higher NFL rights costs, which oh, I guess yeah. are already coming through, even though I thought that contract didn't begin I know they've signed it, but I thought it didn't begin until a little later. Um, sports rights cost an enormous amount. You, I pointed this out so many times, but you just continue to lose video subs at all the major providers of video. At a rapid rate, cord cutting is accelerating. And what does that mean for the cash flow generation of these companies as they continue to try to bring their direct-to-consumer to profitability? It's... it's these things, when you read through it, my travel trust own, owns Disney. We do it in part because the theme parks are incredible. And every, every mention of the theme park was fantastic. Amazing, right. Just amazing. Um, but you, you've got these contracts. And I keep thinking, uh, if you were Amazon, you're listening to this, and you're going to say, look, one day we're going to own all of these. They're not, you know, Andy Jassy can say, look, I go into and buy the Champions League from, from Paramount because Paramount needs the money so badly. I mean, the, you, if the moment that YouTube and Amazon decide that they want to be CBS, but they've and already Fox. taken sports no, off of those, in the, ma- some of these linear networks and the and the broadcast. Oh no, networks. I'm just saying, but the longer contracts when they right. run out, yeah, it's too expensive for these companies. 
but that's that's partially helping to continue to break the bundle apart and cord cutting because if it used to be sports you could just get it in one place now you can actually start well, to get it a little bit but didn't first. you think that the story of disney was the story of paramount which is the balance sheet although it's not even addressed on the court tell me about the balance sheet i mean the paramount is five times levered that's not a great place to well, be. Well, I just right don't now. want to go by. If I were Disney, I would be thinking, Geez, so wait, is Warner Brothers. How about, how about I go to, to, to Brian Roberts and say, you know what, this Hulu, I don't think it is going to save me. Would you like to buy it instead of me? But they made a case that Hulu could be the linchpin of their bundle. It, 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 Iger is now talking about it in a more positive way in terms of general entertainment being a part of the platform. But we know that, um, that India is not a problem because it's a fraction. You, you can just lose those subs. Are you talking now succession or are you talking? I just now? had to go there. I'm sorry. You're no, going to confuse our viewers. Too, I, if you confuse Matson with Disney, then I think you're, it's unforgivable. Okay. It's unforgivable. They're not making up the subs in India. No. no. Okay. Take that right off the Sub table. Sub numbers are okay. You take that off the table right now or I'm going to be leaving. Uh, as for Florida, he did have some words uh, for DeSantis uh, called the actions in that state uh, somewhat retaliatory. I think we have some sound on that as well. Take a listen. Our primary goal has always been to be able to continue to do exactly what we've been doing there, which is investing in Florida. We certainly never expected to be in the position of having to defend our business interests in federal court. Our plans were to invest $17 billion over the next 10 years, which is what the state should want us to do. We operate responsibly. We pay our fair share of taxes. We employ thousands of people. Does the state want us to invest more? employ more people, and pay more taxes, or not. That was interesting. Well, I thought that yesterday there was a, um, it was a town hall with former President Trump. And I think that this was Exhibit A. Like if someone said, what do you think about DeSantis? He would say, well, DeSantis is the biggest job crusher in the history of Florida. Uh, and that would be the end. That would be the end of that. And next thing you know, DeSantis has got his own show on Twitter. Um. Iger, this is the line of attack, or so to speak, or defense that they're going to continue to use. Which it's is, a great We defense. have been the economic engine for the state of Florida for 50 years. Right. Uh, and we will continue to be unless Thanks somehow, and why are you making it more difficult for us to do that? Right. So, and that's a, it's a pretty straightforward. Straightforward. That was my fine, finest part of the call was the destruction of DeSantis as a, as a reasonable governor. The worst part of the call is, is the... Is what David said that's just not emphasized enough, which is that linear, although Bob Iger did talk about how there's one of the reasons why they did direct to consumer was the problems with ESP. Yeah, I mean, this, this I mean, the encapsulates the bigger issue that Bob Iger and I have now been talking about for many years, which is can direct to consumer as a generator of profitability ever replace the linear networks business? I think it could. You, well, you're alone now in that. No, no, <laughs> Iger's with you, maybe. There's about like 10 of you. How about a Christine McCarthy might? Uh, yeah, she might. might Zaslav might think buddy. so. Backish. I mean, there's not many, but um, I don't know. I think the business we've been a part of is probably one of the most profitable, greatest margin businesses, and I'm not sure it's ever going to be replaced Look, I, by what, what direct to consumer is with its churn characteristics. When you, when, and, you watch Mickey, when you watch Mickey, you suspend reality, right? Mice don't talk. So that's what you have to do. Well, isn't the isn't the notion that you start to combine some of these silos together make that churn more difficult? In the old days, right. it was a pain to call your cable company and cancel. Well, look, the Disney ad tier was very good. That that did yeah. Will you give me that? It was I, the, yeah. Ad tier that's important. Right? That's something. And getting rid of it. I mean, look, you want to get rid of something cable, you do what do what Zaslav did with CNN. Boom. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, Jess, look, What Sasha. did he do with CNN? CNN Plus. Talking about? Remember they oh, had, CNN Plus. Yes. Yeah, well, just one day it was there, and then the next day it wasn't there. Yeah, because it was cost them uh, 400 million bucks a yeah, year. Yeah, well, I'm saying if you're losing a lot of money, you go after it. You don't, do you double down with Hulu or do we not even know how much Hulu makes? Right. Or and loses? at some point in the future, we may be sitting here talking about the enormous profitability of all these direct and consumer businesses. Yes, we thank may. you. We thank may. you. I mean, I, mean, I can't. certainly is a possibility because right. it can turn and then it turns significantly. But you do deal with a sub base that is, uh, to your point, or Carl's Look, able was, to sort of quickly just say, was, no, thanks, not was, this month. It was not a good call. I mean, there's not much more to it. It because we were set up to think by some of the analysts that it would be a good sure. Call. Well, Goldman today says it's going to be, quote, lumpy in lumpy. terms of operating trades. Yeah, I think lump. During, during good. the second half. Lumpy's, Lumpy's good, David. Yeah, sure. Lump. Is that a character, Lumpy? Was he a, Eddie was Haskell. He a, was he a dwarf? Was it, an, was it a Leave it to Beaver character? You know, I think that there's an unreality. All we're saying, the takeaway here is that Disney Quarter wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, it's not about Madsen. It's not, it's not about... Lumpy is not about is, H- is HBO. That's Warner Brothers Discovery. And boy, is that confusing hot. Confusing people. And that is Zaz crushing it. When we come back, we'll uh, talk some wholesale inflation after these PPI numbers this morning. We'll get to Robinhood, uh, Sonos, talk some Google, got some retail and tapestry and Dillard's. Take a look at futures here. Squawk on the streets back in a moment. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. On the inflation front, April PPI coming in uh, up two tenths. And the same when you strip out food and energy. On a year-on-year basis, prices up 2-3. And that is the smallest increase since January 2021. That's uh, 10 consecutive months, Jim, of yeah. declining. And yesterday, right when uh, the Wall Street Journal wrote an article saying that the Fed feels that the CPI may be give them a little leeway, I think they've got more leeway. Uh, and I think that the jobless claims back to you know, October 2021 gives them more leeway. There are stories abounding now that crop prices could be coming down. That's been one of the problems. Uh, big bumper crop in Brazil, David. So I think that what could be happening here is that we've got the pause that refreshes. Um, Maybe the Fed doesn't have enough ammo to act right now. And the journal yesterday, right, didn't yeah, they, uh, yeah, they did. say uh, Federal Reserve officials were already leaning toward taking a summer vacation from interest yes. rate increases, and then they cited well, yesterday's inflation report? Well, let's let's Makes it mean, easier? I think they want to see what the credit crunch looks like. There is a credit crunch. Mm-hmm. You can't, it's very hard to get a lo- I mean, if, if you're a customer of, of one of these regional banks, they're trying to figure out, well, wait a second. We lend to everybody, but we want to be sure the examiners are okay with our commercial real estate. I mean, yesterday I, I had Tanger on, which is, uh, used to be factory outlets. Now it's just called Tanger. That, that's commercial real estate that they'll lend to. Right. But when it comes to office David, the office space, you know, David, that what's happening is you can rent, you can rent a whole floor of office as an individual. 
That's how desperate things have become in office. I may look to do that. I may look to do that. I need some new space. I may rent a whole floor for myself. I. We've got it. Yeah. What do we do. If you want a floor, I think we make that happen. There's a lot of buildings there. They used to be see-through buildings in China. We have our own see-through buildings. They're like in the 40s. It's true. It's true, you know. I know. You think I'm joking? No, I know there you're not joking. I'm aware. Renting. There are very, there are a lot of, empty, there's a lot of empty space in major metropolitan areas, including this one. I, my, my wife was, was looking at. It. Your wife was looking at space. She yeah, like her own space. For two space. For your, for your spirits empire. She just thought, well, why? Maybe we should take one for investment. Why not take an opportunity to have more space? Well, it's, it's just an investment. We gotta go. Look at Kramer's Mad Dash. Countdown to the opening bell in about eight minutes. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Take a look at some S&P leaders. There's Tapestry up 5%. We'll talk about their sales beat, uh, gross margin beat. Uh, they guide above inventories uh, below plan. And we'll talk some Google and uh, AI in the wake of Google I.O. yesterday. Opening bells coming up in a few moments. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Uh, mad dash this morning, and we'll get you an opening bell. You know, yesterday I spent some time talking about Elliott, Jim, as they were, along with a couple of other firms, buying a company, uh, notable for a few reasons, including the use of bank debt, good old bank debt, to get it done. It was a turnaround situation. Now they seem to be coming after another company that may be a turnaround. Yeah, uh, this is a Goodyear tire. They're not happy with Rich Kramer, KRA. Uh, what he's done at Goodyear. Goodyear bought a very good company, Cooper Tire, $2.8 billion back in 2021. Uh, the combined company now is worth $3.3 billion, and uh, they've taken a 10% economic interest. David, I don't believe that this is going to lead to anything initially other than perhaps a conversation with the board about what Goodyear could do better. And frankly, Goodyear's got a huge number of stores. Thousand uh, stores. Thousand stores. And there's a question about why they can't do better. And I had uh, Mr. Kramer on Mad Money when the stock was considerably higher. Uh, he told a good story about technology and a better tire than anyone else. Yeah. But, uh, David, it's not been working. Number three tire producer in the world. In the world. 70,000 employees. By the way, Elliott now owns 10%. 10%. It's a tiny market cap. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, why. You, I mean, you have good year, you think, ooh, I saved $3 billion this, company, it's a market billion, cap. Well, it it's used nothing. to be very big. Remember, in the there was a big run in the 80s. Remember, it, yeah. it used to be a much bigger company. And um, frankly, Although they have a lot of debt, so it's a $12 billion right, it's $12 enterprise, enterprise value. Enterprise value. Yeah. But uh, I'm concerned that the company has underperformed and that they're... So you think Elliott has something yeah, worthwhile to say here? Yeah, I do. I you think do. that when I look at the it's interesting when you look at the board of Goodyear, they've got very they've got some real heavyweights on it. It's not like it is not a lightweight board. I mean they have uh, Geisler who's retired vice chairman of Procter and Gamble. He's very good. Um, 
Uh, Kara Lewis, president of Reliance Steel. That's a terrific company. Right. Uh, Lord Colner, who's the retired president of Boeing International. I mean, I, they, can, they can go to these people and say, listen, what are you doing, John McGlade, former CEO of Air Products, about this? And I don't think this is... I think this board is probably saying, you know what, we need well, this Elliot, Elliot's Thomas talking Williams, a big game. Jim, Jim. They're Hanson. saying they can create an additional $21 a share in value from here. We'll see. But they obviously say they have a lot of levers. I wonder if they don't go to one of the Cooper Tire board members and say, listen, you can't be happy with what happened with our company, meaning in the acquisition. So, David, it's one to follow. I'm not going to say that it's one you need to be waiting to other than the blimp. People know it as the blimp. The blimp. The blimp. They the got blimps. They do have blimps, Carl. Let's get the opening bell here, guys, in the CNBC real-time exchange of the big board Solo Brands, maker of the Solo Stove, celebrating its acquisition of Terraflame and the NASDAQ conglomerate Honeywell uh, doing the honors investor day this week. Yes, and we, we saw Darius Adamczyk this morning on Squawk, and I thought he did a fantastic job. Uh, I think Honeywell's a very exciting company. My trust has owned it forever from the, uh, the Dave Cody days, and the stock's been a relative underperformer of late, uh, which is odd given the fact that they have so much aerospace. But I think that they're not getting their due. It's not like I think that that Darius didn't do a good job. I think the stock's just very, very cheap. Uh, we're watching some of these cyclicals, especially given we've been asking where the recovery was in China. Right. And the miss on CPI, PPI, bank loans. It turned M2 out to be growth. handbags. Yeah, it's pretty much it, right? It turned out to be handbags because Starbucks didn't have it. Okay, uh, we know, David, this turn, LVMH had some, Richemont had some, but uh, Coach had very good numbers. Uh, tapestry. In, in China, which I thought was very interesting, of the American companies that are... But I'm you, waiting to hear you made the point that you think that the ultra-rich, so to speak, in China are consuming, but it's your question, at least as I recall from the other day, was whether the middle class right. well, it's very much like slowed it, its It felt very much like another country I know, the United States, where I talked to Brunswick the other day, the high-end boats are selling, the lower end not as well. Mm-hmm. When I look at uh, retail in America, the uh, best retailers are the ones that charge the most, David. And the lower end, the Kohl's, they're not doing so well. Mm-hmm. So I, I point out that the rich are spending like the old days. It's a little, it's a bit of a Fitzgerald economy. Really? Yes. Well, it explains, um, Dillard's did say, customer activity declined in the back half of the right. quarter. Sales were down four. Uh, certainly Airbnb's comments about the back half of the year. Yesterday we talked to Chesky in the 11 a.m. I think that Airbnb uh, guidance showed you that they feel a macro call. That was the ma- that was Chesky, CEO, basically saying, listen, the macro is not that good. We're starting to get some break in travel and leisure. We're starting to see that maybe th- the ticket prices have gotten too high. Now, you could paint a very positive story about this. You've got green maybe coming down. you got tickets, which is what... Uh, Fed Chief Powell is worried about, but we still don't see a wage number that indicates that he's winning. You get wage numbers. Well, now that we got claims at 264 and Microsoft reportedly holding full-time salary steady this year. Well, I think that when you go over, I had had a Todd Pentagor on from Wendy's yesterday. David, you are not, it's a trial, but you will not need that additional person uh, who does the order taking. 
Right. No, and you, that's yeah. a big... You mentioned this yesterday. Right, and since they have a couple of day parts now, I think that that's... They're not going to get Lisa's Baconator uh, order incorrect. We went over that, and yeah. it does seem like that the Baconator will no longer be confused with the Asiatic chicken salad. Right, well, you don't want that. With the Asiago cheese? Yes, Asiago. Yes. That's really... I always say Asiatic. She goes, when you that's say it. that to the... When you say that it's to the drive-through, it doesn't get you right. I wonder whether ChatGPT wouldn't see through my my order and give me the right I thing. I think it would. Speaking of ChatGPT and its competitors, guys, it's worth taking a look at shares of Google. We've mentioned it, oh, uh, but we haven't point. actually really gotten to it. Yesterday, shares of Alphabet were up as the day went on, in part because they were getting a warm reception to uh, their I.O. demonstration, essentially. Right. And this morning, no different. A lot of the research notes giving them very positive marks in terms of uh, what they did yesterday. The presentation was Google I.O., but really it was Google A.I. Right. And, uh, you know, here I'm looking at one note says they addressed three primary A.I.-related search concerns, product, cost, yeah. and monetization, product. They showed compelling search results for natural language searches. Cost, their new large language model, will have four different sizes and offer more limited large language models suited for mobile queries. Mm -hmm. That will likely lower costs. And then how do you monetize it all? And that, of course, will continue to be a key question, but they seem to answer, answer some queries about that in a positive way. So that's quite a move you've had there. Of course, remember, we have put Alphabet, Google in the spotlight in part because seemingly of a loss of their leadership to Microsoft, something that seemed perhaps impossible even as little as six months right. ago when it comes to search, given Microsoft's adoption of ChatGPT, its inclusion in Bing, their support of OpenAI, and what that's meant for what they're going to be able to do in terms of including AI tools in all of their enterprise uh, work uh, workflow and work-related software products. So You're right, too. Google fighting back, Jim. The question is, oh. are they going to be successful Boy, in Wall Street? Competing? Wall Street loved their presentation. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of Jeffries positive loved response. it. Morgan Stanley loved it. Yep. Uh, Bank of America loved it. Uh, I will point out that when Wendy's, I don't mean to beat a dead Wendy's horse here, but when they wanted to have a chat GPT, you go to NVIDIA, okay, because NVIDIA's got the chips, although there are some notes today about AMD being ready to challenge him. I'm not buying that, but I understand it. But when Wendy's wanted to go, they were referred to Google. So there's an interesting relationship, too. Uh, in the meantime, yeah. I don't want to lose so far as the trees. The market's hideous. No, I mean, Bernstein said, you know, Google wows. Google I.O. Yeah. wows people. Um, well, what, what time is Dan? Dan Ives. Wows investors. Who? Dan Ives. Dan Ives, what about him? Well, he'll have some comments. I think he raises his target on Microsoft this morning. Yeah, I mean, so he's got the kind of, he's in that, that world. I, look, I'm doing it. Bard is now available to everybody. There's no, what right, let's Microsoft. Let's just step back. I mean, can I just say that uh, there is a no moment of absurdity developing right now about who has the best AI. And you'll be on the, uh, the trade desk call. TTD was a very good company. And they'll say they have the best AI. It's really amazing. And I immediately shoot them an email saying, look, you can't just say you have the best AI. You've got to tell me what that means for the customer. And I just don't get, David, I mean, no one seems to be willing to say, if you bring us in, 10% of your staff can be cut. No. Which is, isn't, isn't that the undercurrent of it's gonna, it, Well, hear? I mean, it depends who you ask. Many will say, no, this is going to be a great productivity enhancer and we will not get rid of jobs. What it will do is allow people to focus more on things that are going to allow them to become even more productive. 
because AI will take care of a lot of their more rote tasks, right. and they will be able to be more creative and do a lot of other things. But well, your but point's an important one, and we just don't know the answers. We won't for but, a while. I, mean, I find when I speak to companies, because I do them mad money, if I ask, I could ask any company, are you doing anything with AI? And they either say, we've been working with AI since 2018, but that's a common line. Yes. Or AI has really been synonymous with our DNA. And I sit here and I think, am I this stupid? Do they really think that I'm going to sit there and say, yeah, we've been working since 2018, when Jensen invented it with, with Altman in 2017? Oh, yeah, we've been working. I mean, I, I just, I, look, I, I want people at home to recognize that there is a farcical nature of every company saying that they've been deeply involved with AI for many years. It's just not true. It's not. No. Well, one company that has is Alphabet. They bought DeepMind. When was it? 2012. They were clearly far ahead. And again, I would note this move in the stock price now has actually moved Alphabet's performance above that of Microsoft for the year. And remember, Microsoft added an enormous amount of market cap as a result of enthusiasm about ChatGPT and what it will mean for the company. That remains the case. But this idea that has Google really lost the lead, at least the marketplace, given this presentation, seems to be a lot more or a lot less concerned that that's the case. Okay, and I know that the word is from Microsoft, obviously, that they think that their cloud business, people are saying that their cloud business could double. Yes. Now, I will give you my think has the best AI. Who? Who do you think? NVIDIA. No, of course. Oh, NVIDIA's Meta. 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 Meta is using AI to get around the Apple strictures. They're using uh, AI to figure out how to reignite Instagram. It's done that. There's a chart for you. Of a, that's a, now that's a company where the man he would tell you, "Listen, I'm not giving up on the on on the metaverse per se, but they have used AI more than anyone to turn around their business." And right. they've worked with Jensen Wong. I wonder if he's sorry he changed the name of the company. I'm brave. We ask You're him. You're gonna ask. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's better now. He's got to be sorry that he did that. Is he sorry? I mean, why? I mean, not sorry, but maybe regrets it a little. Like, well, I maybe mean, I was moving a little too saying, fast there. He's not going to. Maybe I got co- a little too taken with the There's no metaverse going on here. There's no new coke. No, he tries very hard to say, "Listen, we're still losing a fortune. Don't think we're done losing a fortune in metaverse. We're willing to lose a fortune every quarter." He said that in the last call. Right. I, I'm using the term lose a fortune because I'm still convinced that like when you drop three billion, that's it's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money. But he's been involved. I mean, look, the company again. I just don't want everyone to think that we're truly blessed in the idea that every company is has deepened AI because it's just not true. Yeah. No, I think the market's getting more discerning by the day. Um, we talked about uh, consumer pressures in retail. Sonos is going to be the, the the big example of that today. Surprise uh, loss. Uh, they do guide uh, below for the second half on softer consumer. That's a very disappointing, gains for the year have been wiped out. Very disappointing conference call because, of course, they invoke. I am so sick of the worse than the canary in the coal mine is the Dickens. Best of times, worst of times. Mm-hmm. They went with the best, but and you know the best of times was that the quarter was good and then the quarter got bad. The worst of times. Well, and then they blame it on the banking crisis and the Maylez. It was kind of like it was very Jimmy Carter. Cardigan sweater, really? Malaise, Malaise? yeah, really, and yeah, it was, and I expected more from them, frankly. I expected. Uh, more. Well, they're not the first. United Airlines said that booking suffered in the wake of SVB as well. well Costco just, had some issues. Some I, say it was you know, weather. Home theater, home theater. 
I'm not going to get that home theater. Have you seen the Pac West? You know, cancel a home theater because I don't know about First Republic. No. No. You get, you get the home theater because you want the home theater. I mean, Apple didn't. You know, Apple has some things that are expensive that I bought the one that looks like a beehive, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we I got to hold off because of the problems with Silicon Valley. Mm. No, I did not say that signatures make it so. Okay, so you can no. say, well, Jim, but you're thinking about buying a whole floor through. No, I'm just saying that the idea of blaming it on that. How about blaming it on the idea that the consumer doesn't want to spend on a, right now that everyone who wants one has one. I think that the story, Enrique Loris, just follow me. HP. The CEO of HP. Yes. Is an honest man. And he, yes. told, he told me, you know what? Everybody who wanted a PC bought one. It's and the- therefore... It, we're not doing as well. It's the Weber Grill uh, scenario. Yeah. Oh, yeah. by the way, there, when, if you go to Ollie's, your flyer this morning, there's a host of grills for sale. Really? At, at prices that you just, they're insane. Oh, really? Crazy yeah. Eddie kind of prices. Yeah, they're insane, insane, the grill prices. Crazy Eddie, yeah. Um, I'll take a look. I, I, might, I might want I'll send you my another flyer, grill or a new grill or an additional there's grill. There's stuff Gildan is for sale. I mean. Who? Gildan, the t-shirts. That, you know. Gildan? Yeah, like Fruit of the Loom. Nope. Nope. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> okay, how about finish? You know what finish is? Finish? Finish. Finish. It's a dishwasher. It's, it's a it's what? It's a cookbook. <laughs> it's a dishwasher? What is it? It's finished. I know. Now I know. For a dishwasher, it's dishwasher. Like when you put it in the... You put it in your dishwasher. It's for sale. In, uh, you have to check the Ollie's okay. flyers. David and I are more pedestrian when it comes to appliances, well, have, I think. Just, We're like, he can't can more. Yeah, I don't I know have, what he's talking about. I spotted you. Is it an actual dishwasher or is it the no, dishwasher no, it's, it's, detergent? It's dishwasher liquid. It's dishwasher liquid. Fabric. It's, it's you know, powder. Hey, but, do you but, happen to see uh, this new uh, Hindenburg report on IEP? Was this like... Uh, you see this segue? Good your blimp, Hindenburg? You are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, the Graf Zeppelin. These what? guys don't stop at Hindenburg. You know, yesterday, obviously, we had Carl Icahn's response to a certain extent yeah. to uh, the report that took down his holding company uh, enormously in value. Uh, but and there it is. Just give you a look there. Wow. Uh, but it's down again today. Um, wow. Down yesterday in part because they said the U.S. attorney apparently read the Hindenburg report from May 2nd and decided to take a look around. Nothing has come of it other than they're investigating at the U.S. Attorney's Office. But they did the same thing with Nicola, I guess. They, you know, Hindenburg put a report out on Nicola, and then the U.S. Attorney in the Southern District said, oh, that's interesting, really. Well, let's, you, look, let's take a look. If, um, you were, so you, if you're a U.S. Attorney, you're why gonna, would you not? Right. So they do I mean, that. it's not fair. It's but, not fair to ICON, frankly. No. It, I mean, it's, it's, the U.S. Attorney's like, they read the That's paper, what our law it. enforcement's doing. They're, like, looking at short reports going, well, oh, they that kind of reads interesting. People we'll take a look. They're not getting... By the way, they got convictions on Nicola, so... You know, Trevor is Nicholas got convicted. Sends out. I get a news. I get a new press release from them literally every day. Uh, all right, back to Hindenburg and IEP. Why am I mentioning it? Well, they focused on the new latest filing from the company and the fact that he has now pledged 202.6 million of the units uh, margin uh, on margin. He takes the money, it would seem, and puts it in his his investment fund, which, by the way, is down 53 percent since 2014, from 2014 to 2022. They put those numbers in there. I've looked at them in the past in IEP's filings. But that gives you a sense here. So the 202.6 now is 6.5 billion in value. He had 181.4 million of his roughly 300 million units pledged as of the end of last year. That had a $9 billion value then. But of course, the thing has dropped dramatically in price. So no word from Carl. 
You know, again, um, we've been trying to get him. I know Scott Wapner, who's had him on his show so many times, has been trying to get him to come on. You can imagine why he might be reticent, correct use of the word here, uh, to, uh, to say anything. You know, look, look, this is one. Can I just say that when Hindenburg went after, I'd like to be fair, when they went after Square, uh, that did not do much Square. But we caught a double downgrade today on Square. Really? Uh, from an application, CLSA. And while it's, and Square is now Block, uh, initially Block did not go down. But now Block is under heavy pressure. And there's just a sense that it's part of the, the vast scrum that is PayPal. Have you been following any of these companies that are, they're all getting killed. Why? Because they're all competing with each other. And my, my guess, not guess, my considered amount of work that I've done is that Apple Pay is killing everybody. Apple the Pay growth is in financial services yeah. at Apple. Apple yeah. I mean, I don't know if you use, do you use Apple Pay? I think I do. You don't even know when you're using it. Like I go to Whole Foods. I said, well, I hold this up. Next thing you know, I bought a it's, it's your iPhone. Yes. Yeah, I was like, iPhone. hey, you know, like you get there. I, I forgot to take my wallet to Whole Foods. Just forgot. Where is my iPhone? But I, I, my phone. I, I was taking the kids to, uh, there was a Mr. Softy on the corner. We didn't have enough cash. They take I said, do you take every- Apple Pay? She's like, oh, yeah. Of course. Apple Mr. Pay. Mr. Softy yeah, takes Apple It's a full court. faith and credit of Apple, which, by the way, is a heck of a lot better than, the co- than that company I know that's going to default called the U.S. government. Five bucks for just one it's a, vanilla it's, cone. Yeah, it's a good racket. Which, you know what? It's worth it. <laughs> which has got a better chance of getting through the next month? I don't this know. Or the U.S. government in terms of getting paid? Apple. Without right. a doubt. Exactly. I'd much rather own Apple debt. Exactly. You had some fiery thoughts on the debt ceiling this morning. Oh, Basically, I'm, I am very worried. You're, you're on the verge of arguing that the GOP wouldn't mind a recession uh, I, into 24. Uh, whoever has a recession does what president the incumbent has a recession. Loses. The incumbent loses. So, I mean... You know, McCarthy, I think, is playing with fire if he comes to the table with a deal. You know, I'm sure that party once doesn't, you know, this is a way, history says that, that Biden's defeated if they go to the mat on this. Uh, interestingly enough, if you want to know how horrible it is to default, the French, after losing the Franco-Prussian War, still refused to default, got a loan from Junius Morgan. Hmm. It would be interesting if the U.S. government got a loan from Jamie Diamond. How about just from Apple? Maybe we, our, maybe our, Apple can give us print. some cash, you know? <laughs> I just... They got like $150 billion. They just did that big deal. Maybe that was so that they could tide over Janet Yellen and her oh, endless Jeremiah. $150 billion will last us at least a month. Uh, maybe, maybe a month. David, if you, asked, if you told our viewers about which is a better balance sheet and which is a safer thing to invest, U.S. government six-month T-bills for 5.3, or buy Apple, you would buy Apple. Apple you trust. Yeah. Tim Cook is so much more responsible than ever. Then I got a hundred guys who are irresponsible down there. They hate each other. Meantime, uh, take a look at the market. Pretty broad-based weakness here. Only a couple uh, Dow names are green, namely uh, Nike, Procter, down 345. Quick reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club. Or, of course, you can use the QR code on your screen. It takes you right there. As for bonds, um, 10-year back to 335 and just below 4120 on the S&P. Don't go away. Well, we had a couple Dow components green, and then we lost those as Nike and Procter go into the red. So all 30 are red at the moment. Disney, by far the biggest underperformer, down 350. And a bit of a flight to the dollar on pace for the best week now since February. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in a minute. 
time for Jamin. Stop trading. You know, I think we mentioned earlier uh, Ted Tapestry is good. Uh, Ralph Lauren stock is up. I want to call attention to Ulta. Once again, Ulta, UBS goes from 590 price target to 640. Uh, this, does, this company does not report until the end of May. But if you're looking for something, if retail people are looking, if anyone's looking, if Robinhood people are looking for something to buy, this company, I think, is most set up for a very good quarter. And I just can't tell you how well they just run so well. So if, if the market comes down and you're looking for something to buy because you think it might be overdone, you can pick a Microsoft or you can pick an Ulta, mm. and I prefer you pick Ulta. That even with uh, the EL quarter, that didn't that didn't. Yeah, spook because Ulta is really domestic, and Ulta is in Target where they're doing quite well. And Dave Kimball is a terrific CEO. So, you know, David, we used to joke about this, but it's a twenty-five billion dollar company. Yeah, so it's, it's no, very, it's very, very good company. I don't know if you ever. No, never. I, I pass by. Them. Never mind. I, I have the Ulta. I have the Ulta app, and the between three forty and four. I get it, and I always think it's about a stock, but no, it's about some and now, men's fragrance. That I do I just now have understand to. Finnish Jet Dry, what you were trying to talk to us about. It is for sale, and I see that. At Ollie's? A, yeah, apparently, nice. yeah, it's a dishwashing liquid. See, I, obviously, only one of us puts the dishes into the dish. I do. <laughs> no, I do I, a lot of dishes. I do a lot of dishes because I don't do any cooking, so I do. <laughs> There's oh, a there, there you go. go. <laughs> They're finished, but only one of them I think is for sale. But you go to Ollie's and you do get the sense of who has too much inventory because that's the channel of last resort. Yes, that's clearance. Like, that's where I buy great books that have been under in a flood. That's smart. Yeah, I mean, you have to pull the page away. What do you got tonight? Darling, kind of what you say to your wife when you're putting the... Always darling, away. yes. I have... I have uh, Hello, it's honey. a company that does... Darling. Yes, darling is actually a company that does alternative fuels, which is the, as hot as it gets. And I think it was going to be acquired. You know, they... they Anyone would want to acquire them. Guess who would probably want to acquire them? I your friends at Exxon. I was thought you'd say that. I just wanted to say your friends. Yes. <laughs> Jim, we'll see you tonight. Might have some interesting market action to watch as we're down to 41.15. When we come back, uh, Dwayne Johnson's going to join us, talk about the business of tequila, the media, and a lot more when we return. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.